Oh, why don't we take a moment right now and thank God. We worship you. Has God brought you through? Has God brought you through? Oh, we ought to thank him one more time. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many feel the Holy Ghost today? How many really feel like God wants to break in upon us and do something great? Now, I, uh, I asked my wife on Sunday evening, how long was that? And she said, I don't know. I stopped the timer at 40 minutes. And I thought, oh, Lord. Oh, no. So then I went and asked Brother, Brother Soundman, how long was that? He said an hour and five minutes where I stopped my timer. And I thought, oh, no, that is unbelievable. So if, you know, just don't let that word get out that I preached that long. I've got a <laughs> reputation to uphold. <laughs> and, and I can see the pastor put some more water bottles up here, but I'm going to pretend like they're not there tonight. And I've determined, uh, well, I've, I've got my own timer up here, but instead of counting up, it's going to count down. And no matter where I am, I'm going to stop. I'm just going to, you know, we can't do that again. We got work in the morning, you know. Hallelujah. But if you'll just, and I, this is the thing, I'm not going to tell you when the timer will start. It might start, you know, 40 minutes in. No. <laughs> I'm just messing. But, man, I, I feel something tonight, and I just want to encourage somebody in the Lord. And why don't we go to the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter, and, uh, and I've, I've preached this before, but it just feels to be a word for the time, and I prepared something else, and it was really good. In fact, it was about heaven. It was about heaven, and uh, Lord willing, I'll preach that somewhere sometime but for tonight this is the word that I feel to bring Isaiah the 40th chapter we're going to start at verse uh, let's just for sake of time I would read 27 through 31 but you know uh, I'm on a timer so let's just read verse 31 but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles. Wow. They shall run, not be weary. And they shall walk, and they are not going to faint. They are going to mount up with wings as eagles. Wings, walking, running, not fainting, not being weary. I just want to... I just want the Lord to help us tonight, and I think he will. I think he will. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. In what is known as the Olivet Discourse, the Lord in his 
wonderful wisdom begins to tell us some things that are going to take place when he comes. And I'm pulling from both Matthew and Luke's account and kind of intermingling them. He says that you need to take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts are overcharged with surfeiting, with drunkenness, and with the cares of life. Lest that day come upon you unawares. One of the things that we've really got to deal with in this information age is the cares of this life sometimes will get so heavy that they will become a distraction. Look, I'm all about a clean car. But I don't want my car to be so clean and for me to waste so much time detailing the car that it cuts into my prayer time. I'm all about a good meal in a clean kitchen, praise God. But that good meal in that clean kitchen aren't going to take place of my time with the Lord because really what the Lord is coming back for are those who are looking for His appearing. Man, amen. I, I, I can't get distracted. i got to move on. But I'm going to stop long enough to say this. If you don't recognize the presence of the Lord on a Wednesday night, you're not going to recognize His call when the trumpet sounds. If you can't worship God on a Wednesday night when everybody else is dead and tired, when the trumpet sounds, baby, you're going to miss it. Because He's coming for those that are looking, that are looking for His glorious appearing says that many are going to come in his name saying, I am the Christ. I'm telling you one of the things that we need in this hour is a spirit of discernment. Because we see even when the, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who was prophesied that he would come, there were those that did not recognize him. And even still today, there are certain sects of Judaism that do not recognize that Jesus came. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, I want to make sure that my heart is sensitive to the very breath of God because I want to go home when he blows the trumpet. I'm going to be one of those that are caught up in the air. I'm telling you, the trumpet could sound right now. Right now. There's nothing holding him back from coming for his saints says and when you hear of wars and rumors of wars don't be troubled all of these things are going to come to pass nation is going to rise against nation there's going to be there's going to be there's going to be kim jong uns and there's going to be putins that rise against one another and then there in the middle of all of that there's going to be a united states that is doing their best to push for peace and, and 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 don't worry because when you see these things begin to come to pass famine and oh yeah this word pestilences this word corona <laughs> don't be troubled don't be troubled that word that and, and you can study this on your own i'm on, i'm on a tight tight clock tonight but but Pestilences literally means a plague, a disease. Brother, this corona is just a sign that the King of kings and Lord of lords is on his way. 
All of these things are just the beginning of sorrows. They are just the birth pains because Jesus is on his way. He says a whole lot of other things, but he says, but to him that will endure unto the end the same shall be saved if you can read the news and not be troubled by it if you can understand the sicknesses that are in the world and not be moved brother let me tell you what you're doing you're enduring you're enduring you're enduring I've got my mind made up I'm going all the way I've got my mind made up I'm going all the way if my family turns against me, I'm still marching. If my friends say it's not worth it, I'm still going to go. I return so unto the sun that the race isn't given to the swift. Oh, thank God. And the battle's not given to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, riches to men of understanding, or favor to men of skill. And thank God, it really just boils down to this, baby. You better stick to it. When mama says, I think there's an easier way, brother, you better stick to it. When your wife, brother Job, says, why don't you go ahead and curse God and die, brother Job says, All right, yeah, somebody owes me 30 seconds. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was somewhere really good, yeah. Brother Job and his wife, you know. Uh-uh, baby, we're going to stick to it. And we're going to see God bless. Thank God. I think there are some folks in this house that got their mind made up. We're going to go all the way. You feel that way tonight, baby? Hey, clap your hands if you feel that way. We're going all the way with you, Jesus. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, principalities, powers, things present, nor things to come. Somebody ought to write this down. Romans 8, 38 through 39. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed. Amen. And I'm persuaded. It goes beyond just a little convincing. It goes beyond just a little conviction. But brother, I'm persuaded that what I have committed unto God, he's able to keep until that day that he returns. I gave him my heart. I gave him my family. I gave him my soul. And I know he's going to keep me until he returns. More and more. I find myself clinging to this psalm. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my safe place, and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome, oh, here's that word again, pestilences. He's going to cover you with His feathers. And here's that other word that we read in our text. And under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth is going to be your shield and buckler. You're not going to be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the 
pestilences that walk in darkness, nor for destruction that wasteth at noonday. And the scripture ends with long life. I'm going to satisfy him with salvation. I'm satisfied with my salvation. I'm not looking for an easier way. I'm not looking for a more primrose path. But I'm thankful to be walking in this way. I'm thankful to be an apostolic. If I wasn't an apostolic, I'd be ashamed. Thank God for the blood. My title tonight is this. Weights and wings. Weights and wings. This portion that we were studying of the Olivet Discourse ends with these words. And when these things begin to come to pass, then lift up. Then look up. Lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Now, now you've got to understand this with me. This, I guess this is Bible study. Looking up and lifting up your head. Seems like it might be repetitive, but it's not. Because some of us can look up and still be downcast and downtrodden. And what the Lord is telling us, don't only pay attention to where you're looking, but you better make sure that your posture is straight and that you're ready to face the enemy. There are going to be days when it's not easy. But while you're looking up, why don't you make sure you're ready to meet the enemy right there in worship row? While you're looking up, lift up. You'd be happy that you're an apple. Apostolic. While you're looking up, lift up and say, I'm ready to meet you anywhere you'd like because I am blood bought and Satan, you're no match for the blood of Jesus. While I'm looking up toward the heavens, I'm lifting up. While I'm looking up, I've got confidence in him. Praise the name of Jesus. There is such an interesting phenomenon that takes place in the skies among these these birds, really not of prey, they're they are they are uh, birds that eat leftover things. And one of these birds is known as the condor. The condor is one of the largest flying birds in the world that can weigh up to thirty three pounds. They have a wingspan of up to ten and a half feet, and they have been that's about two and a half times the height of of a of a of an average American female. Due to the size and weight of this this bird, it prefers to only fly where the winds are very strong and the winds are very stiff so so that it can just, it, it lives a life really of ease. The natural enemy of this condor is an eagle. And the eagle has been seen multiple times flying not only in storms. Wow, I could re- I gotta not get distracted. But an eagle flies above storms. Many times pilots in the cockpit during the light of day will look out and down onto the clouds that are pouring down and right above those clouds we'll see the wingspan of an eagle and an eagle flying towards its destination. This condor, the only thing that it has to defeat an eagle is its weight. So what the condor will do being the lazy bird that it is is it will do its best to get above the eagle and once it gets above the eagle, it takes its talons and grips them into the back of that flying eagle uh, and what that eagle will do is begin to sink because the condor will simply stop to fly and it'll allow its weight to take that eagle down 
down, down. All of the eagle's defenses seem to be useless, but somewhere in the, in the nature of that eagle, that eagle will realize, I have something that this weight upon my back does not have. And so what that eagle will do is begin to turn and to fly toward the sun because the eagle has not only one, not only two, but three eyelids. And one of these eyelids can close and it can withstand all of the rays of the hot sun. Both UVA and UVB rays. And so this eagle will close that eyelid and it knows all I've got to do to get rid of this weight that's on my back is I've got to fly and look directly toward the sun. And seemingly the closer that eagle begins to get to the sun. That old condor, that weight that's on its back, cannot handle the light. Oh, my, my, my. And it will begin to peel off. Not by any force of this eagle, but simply by the light of the sun. Oh, it matters where you're looking. <laughs> Let me put it this way. Your toes are going to follow your nose. You may not be in the place that you want to be in Christ, but I'm, I'm going to ask you, where's your nose pointed? Where's your nose pointed? What are you looking at tonight? Wherefore, seeing that the time is short, <laughs> Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every condor. Let us lay aside the cares of this life. Let us forget about the bills that are more longer than the money. Let us forget about the cars that are breaking down. Let us forget about the, the attitudes that are coming against us. Let's forget about the condors that are bringing us down. And that so easily beset us. And let us together as a congregation look unto Jesus. <laughs> the author and the finisher of our faith. It matters where you're looking. As the musicians come this evening, does anybody want to look to Jesus? Oh my, my, my. Amen. Lord bless you. I've only got, I've got just, I'm not going to tell you the time because some of you might start your clocks too. But it is a pivotal moment. I want, this is in, in, in the, and you can be seated for just a moment. In the life and times of the children of Israel, literally, they are at a crossroad. We pick up the story in Exodus, the 33rd chapter. Where Moses begins to pray. Oh my. Hit Moses says, God, would you please just show me your glory? If we're ever going to cross over, you've got to show me your glory. And while Moses is praying, God was considering that. And Moses' prayer was not answered in full. On that day, 
But what the Lord did for Moses is said, Moses, there's a place by me in the cleft of the rock. And if you will, Moses, I'm going to cover you. Thank God for his covering. Thank God for the covering. Somebody ought to thank God for your man of God. I thank God for a Moses that says, no, no, no. If you're going to take him out, if you're, if you're going to take him out, we need a man of God in our lives that will pray and intercede for us. If you're balking at the man of God, I'm telling you, that's one of the greatest gifts that God ever gave you. That's part of the covering. I feel something here. Submit. 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 It's beautiful. You know what I was going to preach tonight, Pastor? I was going to preach about man city versus God city. Check this out. Pause the timer. Hallelujah. The scripture says that the first city we read of was a city built by a man by the name of Cain who was rebellious. Jude talks about those who walk in the way of Cain. Cain was the first man to build a city. And the foundation of that city was rebellion and telling God, I know better. And by the time it's all said and done, God speaks to a man by the name of Abraham and says, Abraham, <laughs> there's a better way. Would you come to the city that I'm building? Because the city that man builds starts from the ground and goes up. Those people that were so rebellious decided they were going to build their own city they were going to build a city and a tower that would reach to the heavens so that they would not be destroyed by rain. Now, why would people build a city when God said he would never destroy the earth with rain again? Rebellion. Unsubmission. And so the Lord says, I'm building a city, Abraham. In my city comes down from God. In my city, brother Abraham, there's no tears and no sorrow. And the way up is to go down. And the way to be exalted is to humble yourself. And the way to authority is to submit. And so here Moses is saying, God, would you please? And there's a covering that comes. And Moses' prayer is not answered in that day. But we pick up the story in Matthew, the 17th chapter, where Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, and there appears unto James, Peter, and John, Moses and Elisha. And the scripture says in Matthew 17 and 2, and Jesus was transfigured before him, and listen to this, and his face did shine as the sun. Moses' prayer was not answered in Exodus, the 33rd chapter, but it was answered in Matthew 17. For we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, 
full of grace and truth. Yes, the burdens that we have to bear in this day are so heavy. But the best advice that I could give to everyone under the sound of my voice is that there is coming a day when all those that fear the name of the Lord, He's going to arise, and the scripture says in Malachi 4 and 2, as the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness. And He's going to arise with healing in His wings. What are you looking at tonight? What's weighing you down tonight? Do you want me to tell you the key? It doesn't matter what situation you're facing, but it matters what you are facing. I really feel, I feel a holy hush in this house right now. Let's close our eyes and talk to God right now. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. As we stand together tonight, my prayer for Apostolic Rock Church is this. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Not so much because of where He's looking, but because of where you are looking. We're at the end of this thing. And you know what's so important? It doesn't matter how you start. It doesn't matter how. It matters how you finish. Oh, Solomon understood that. He said, Lord, 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 would you teach me how to go in and would you also teach me how to go I don't know how to do it. Entrances are important. But what's more important than how you enter is how you exit. And the way to determine how you exit is what way you are facing. There, I feel it tonight. There's some in this house that are facing insurmountable odds. And your spirit is tied up with a lot of questions. How is this going to unfold? And how am I going to meet this need? And, 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 and don't, don't be distracted. I know the burdens of life are heavy. But what will make that burden seem so light is when you look into the eyes of him who cares for you. And you see a nail-scarred hand bidding for you to give that burden to him. And to cast it upon him, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You want to know the difference in between the burdens that come from us from, all right, from, this, from the, the pit of hell and from earth and the burdens that come from him? When God gives you a burden, there's a little element of peace that God, I know you're going to work it out. I don't know how, but I'll pray and I'll fast and I'll do what I can, but I know you're gonna, I know you're gonna see us through. But when you feel that that acrid taste of hopelessness, 
you're looking the wrong way. When you feel that acrid taste, I, 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 you know, I thought Sunday night was good, but I feel like we are doing some eternal business right now, Pastor. I really do. When you feel that acrid taste of hopelessness, I don't care if it's your finances. I don't care if it's your family. I don't even care if it's a ministry that you are performing and serving in this church. When you take it into these flawed, fleshly hands, it's a mess. But would you turn your eyes upon Jesus? Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory. And his. What about that unanswered prayer? I don't know. I'll just pray one more time. What about, what about my backslidden children? What about these fans? I don't know. But I'm just going to turn. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run and not be weary. They're going to walk and not faint. Somebody needs just a touch of strength tonight. Somebody in this house just needs a touch of strength tonight. There are some nail-scarred hands. and There's a, a burdened preacher today. I'm telling you, God's got your answer. And all that he wants you to do is to magnify him. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. I don't know if I could live that way. Don't worry about that. What you need to worry about is where you're looking tonight. As they begin to play and sing, I want to do this altar call different, all right? I want to do this altar call different. This is what I want to do. If you need a touch of strength, if you need a touch of strength, every head bows, every eye is closed right now. I want you to just put your hand in the air. And I'm going to look and I'm going to find you during this altar call and I'm going to pray over you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just be honest before God right now. God, I need, I just need a touch of strength. I don't know the answer, but I need a touch of strength. I'm going to pray over you. God's got the answer. As they begin to sing, these altars are open. Let's gather in if you're comfortable. If you'd like to pray in your pew, that's all right. But let's, let's just spend a few moments here. Let's let the warm rays of the sun address our burdens and let this warm rays of the Son of God wrap his arms around us and cleanse us and work in us. Let's have ourselves a time here at this altar call. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you today, God. I love you today. Can we all gather in if you're comfortable? Can we gather in? We worship you today.